This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make their businesses as successful as possible. We're going to be talking about one of the things today that, sadly, a lot of people overlook or they don't do correctly. And so please join me in welcoming Danny Decker to our program today. Welcome, Danny. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Deb. It is an honor to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Great. Well, we're going to have so much fun. So let me tell people just a little bit about you and then we will dive into this. So Danny Decker is a serial entrepreneur and a marketing strategist, consultant, and keynote speaker. Danny started, scaled, and sold his seven-figure marketing agency in just six years. And he's passionate about teaching small business owners how to build marketing systems that produce predictable, sustainable growth. He lives in Charlotte, North Carolina with his with his wife, two kids, and a hyperactive German shepherd. So again, Danny, welcome. Deb, thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. Great, great. Well, we as you know, as we kind of tease, we're gonna be talking about marketing. And now get ready, Vanna. We need this. One of the things that that you just did is you just wrote a great book called The Automatic Marketing Machine. And you wrote that with your business partner. So sh- for those who are on, on YouTube, there I will absolutely hold it up. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. And we're going to be talking about how to automate your marketing and, and to truly make it work for you. But I always like to get to know my guests by asking them how they got to where they are today. So tell us how you discovered that this is your passion. Yeah. Thanks so much, Deb. So I got into the world of marketing immediately out of college, way back in in, uh, 2010 or so. And I worked in a small legal marketing agency for about a year and then caught the entrepreneurial bug. Right. And so in 2011, went out on my own and started a marketing agency. Okay. And I pretty quickly found a a, a business partner Mm -hmm. who's different than the business partner I wrote this book with, by Mm -hmm. the way, Um, but found a business partner and really launched our agency and did things like 
web design mm-hmm. and, and graphic design and kind of your standard, your standard marketing agency stuff. Mm-hmm. And we lived in Miami, Florida at the time. And we're just two young guys kind of relatively, mm-hmm. you know, new to, new to, new to the business world. Mm-hmm. And so we did a lot of things wrong, right? We um, kind of one of one of the, I would say biggest things that we quickly learned is, so we just tried to be everything to everybody, right? right. So the we old shotgun work, approach. Yep. We'd work with restaurants, we'd work with electricians, we'd work with law firms. And, um, you know, so for the first two years or so, we were just kind of treading water. We were making enough money to, to pay the bills and all of that, but we weren't really going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then we got some really good advice from a, a business coach and friend of mine who basically told us, you really need to find a niche. You really need to narrow your offerings and your target market. Mm-hmm. And so we went through an exercise and we realized we had about five or six small law firms that we mm-hmm. worked with and they were really good clients for us. Okay. And so then we said, all right, we're going to focus solely on small law firms. Okay. We're going to build our solutions for small law firms. And the business took off. And five years later, seven-figure business, mm-hmm. clients in 30-some states and counting, um, and uh, and a great staff, 10, 11 full-timers, just business is very good. Mm-hmm. And around 2018, I kind of got to the point where I was ready for the next challenge. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like we had, and the, and the business I founded is still working today and they're still doing great things. Mm-hmm. But I was at a point where I was ready to help business owners solve a different problem. And yeah. what I, not to go too long into this, but kind of the fundamental thing that motivated me to make the shift and really mm-hmm. is why I've done everything I've done for the last four years, including write this book, is it became clear to me working with an agency that most business owners, most small business owners really don't understand marketing strategy. Right. You really don't. Mm-hmm. And it's understandable why, right? Because mm-hmm. they've got businesses to run. They're lawyers. Right. They're that's, uh, yeah. They're not, that's not their expertise. Yeah. And they don't want to spend all their time becoming a marketing expert and they didn't study it in school. And so what happens is they kind of bounce when they need some marketing help. They bounce from marketing person to marketing person. And unfortunately, most of them don't do a great job or at least not a great job for that client. Mm -hmm. And so then your business owners end up frustrated. Mm -hmm. They're ready to swear off marketing altogether. They say marketing is a scam. This stuff Mm -hmm. can't work. Mm -hmm. And, um, and nobody wins, right? Because the business isn't growing. The marketing people aren't happy. Um, And so I just saw this void in educating small business owners Mm -hmm. to learn how to become better consumers Mm -hmm. of marketing services, how to create marketing strategies that really work. And once that happens, then they're great customers for marketing agencies Mm -hmm. and marketing agencies can help them grow. And that's amazing because Mm -hmm. then they can help more people and grow their team Mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's, and everybody wins. And so in a nutshell, that's my journey. And that's why I'm here today. I love it. And I'm sure that, you know, pretty soon we'll be interviewing you again when you've gone on to the next phase of your life. Um, so that will be great fun. You know, you mentioned and you talk about this in your book that so many times small businesses, and it doesn't matter if they've been, you know, six months or six years or sometimes, you know, 60 years are just treading water. Um, you know, they're doing the 10 hour days at, at the at a minimum, right? They take vacations where they're still glued to their computers, to their their phones, all of those things. And a a very big portion of that is because they don't know how to do marketing. So what are kind of the first steps that, again, newbies to, to, you know, businesses who've been doing this for a long time, what are the first steps that they need to really start thinking about? Yeah, I love that question. And I'll I'll even start... Before the marketing piece of that conversation, I think one of the biggest issues, and I'm sure you see this too, Deb, is a lot of small business owners, I would say the majority of small business owners don't really 
me put it this way. They technically own a business. They consider themselves a business owner, but really they have a job. Mm-hmm. And they, um, because they haven't scaled their team, because they aren't using automation, because they aren't using processes, they, they are, they are the business. Right. And, and when you're in that spot, it's really tough to grow and scale and give yourself the ability not to work 10 hour days and the ability to disconnect for a week or two when you go on vacation, like that stuff happens you primarily when you start building a team, right? Or if you structure your business in such a way that you really can just disappear for a week. But it starts when you build a team and start thinking like a business owner and not just a technician. And and then is the marketing conversation, right? So I like to start there with just the idea of like, let's build a business that works for you and not just a job for yourself. Does that make right. sense? It does. You know, and and what I see is that you know so many business owners are the hamster in the wheel. You know, mm-hmm. they're just continually going and you know and really trying anything that comes along, especially from a marketing perspective. And more importantly, they don't even fine tune their business, the true aspect of their business. You know, you mentioned at the very start that you were going to serve anybody and everybody. And that is very common with small businesses because we don't want to leave money on the table. And, you know, and, and we think, oh, you know, we can serve everybody. Well, we could, but we're probably not going to do it very well. And you're going to burn yourself out in the process too, right? Because that's the, that, you know, look at McDonald's, for example. Does McDonald's make the greatest hamburger in the world? Absolutely not. But they know exactly what they do. Right. And they have systematized it to the point where they have a, a, a smooth operation. Imagine if, you know, McDonald's was making somebody a Big Mac and then the next person was uh, ordered a gourmet steak, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. it doesn't mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so that's one of our kind of central points in the book, The Automatic Marketing Machine, too, is that really what your marketing should do is not is put you in a place where you have a steady flow Mm -hmm. of the right types of prospects, right? Mm -hmm. So that you can afford, you can have the luxury of being selective Mm because you hit on it. One of the hardest things for a small business owner to do is turn down anyone who's willing to write them a check, right? Because that pressure for cash Mm -hmm. flow is is very real. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a marketing system, when you have a marketing machine, which we'll get into talking about this, Mm -hmm. I'm sure today, Mm -hmm. but when you have that in place and you know that you're going to get a flow of prospects, Mm -hmm. you can say no to the person today because you have confidence that someone else is going to come around the corner Mm -hmm. next week. Right. You know, and and, we're going to hit all the topics in in the book. We're just probably not going to do them in order. Um, And because it's going to, you know, as my brain thinks of things, I'm going to ask questions. One of the things you talk about is kind of the pre-vetting of folks, you know, because how many times as a small business owner, are we spending all of our time or, you know, a good chunk of it on the people who really either A, don't want our our product, you know, because maybe we didn't do enough, uh, good enough job with telling them what it was. Or they don't want to pay that much for it. All of these various things. My favorites are the, I'm going to, can I ask you a quick question? Just, 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 can I pick your brain? Um, and it's funny, I interviewed somebody on this program. Oh my gosh, it's been quite a long time ago. Adrian Graham, and she wrote a book um, and then wrote an article for Forbes. And I know that you have written for Forbes also. And, and her, her, her article was, no, you can't pick my brain. It costs too much. And the concept was, hello, you know, we're, we're people that need to be paid for our expertise also. 
But the problem is, you know, when we have these, you know, these, where we're not clear on our message, people don't know what to ask us. And when we're clear on that message, they, they know, oops, they aren't for us or, oh, wow, they are for us. Right. No, that's so well said. And, and for me, it starts, Deb. And by the way, I love that title for that article. I'm going to have to to look it up. Adrian is fantastic. That is such, I love that focus. Mm -hmm. Um, But so we talk about, there's three critical variables that you have to figure out before you start working on your marketing. And this, this speaks to the point that you were just making. And the first is, your market. And, and you have to get really clear on who your target market actually is. And I don't mean who is willing to write you a check. I mean, who are the customers and clients that you actually want to be serving, mm-hmm. right? And, and that there's kind of two components to that. There's being clear about just their demographics, right? Which is, you know, age, gender, uh, zip code, income level, family status, things like that. But it's also getting clear on sort of the what, what uh, you know, we refer to as the psychographics, right? Like, what are, what are your values? What are your best prospects, like priorities? What do they care about? What's important to them? What do they want their life to look like? What keeps them up at night stressed out? What, what are they excited about? Things like that. And, and when you get to a point where you have a really clear dialed in definition of who those ideal prospects are, then everything else that we talked about and that you mentioned becomes much, much easier to do because you can weed out those people that the tire kickers and the pick your brain for freeers and the people that are, you know, they say 20% or 80% of your headaches come from 20% of your, of your clients. Right. And it's like, well, what if we just got, what if we didn't work with that 20%, how much better would life be? Um, and so there's actually, if, if we want to talk real tactical here for your listeners, yes. there's a really simple exercise because okay. people's eyes sometimes glaze over when I start talking about target marketing mm-hmm. and, and, um, or they just kind of do this exercise where they sit down and they just, they, they just, they try to figure it all out on their own. Mm-hmm. And what, what I always tell people to do in, in, in my workshops is take 10 minutes and sit down and think about and make a list of your top 10 favorite customers or clients that you've ever worked with, mm-hmm. right? So look back over the 5, 10, 20 years, whatever you've been in business for, and literally write down your 10 favorite customers. And these are the people where if you could duplicate them and clone them and bring mm-hmm. them back over and over again, you'd be thrilled, right? And so you make that list. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I ask them to do is, okay, now what do those 10 people have in common? Okay. What are, you know, and you look at demographics and you look at psychographics and all of a sudden when you go through that exercise and it really only takes 20 or 30 minutes, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you start making some connections and you mm-hmm. realize, oh my God, these are the people that I really mm-hmm. want to be working with. Mm-hmm. And you start to develop that, that clarity into who are your ideal prospects. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of go from there. Right. You know, and 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 it is hard, especially when you're just starting out. So you can think about, okay, who would my perfect client be? Um, I'm getting ready to to launch a, a new speaking program. I've I've had health issues, and I've had multiple people tell me, you need to talk to doctors about how they need to provide better customer service, shall we say? Um, you know, and 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 so I'm thinking, oh, this is great. I'm going to do this, and people said, oh, you can talk to this group and this group and this group and this group and this. And you know, immediately my eyes went. Wait, wait, wait. But I, I, you know, I knew narrow it back to physicians. 
you know, and, and speak to them because there's certainly lots of opportunities to speak to physicians, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, small groups, large groups, conferences, you know, all sorts of things like that. Then if that goes well, I can think about expanding. But right. if I were to say, I'm going to talk to any type of medical provider, I don't even know where to start contacting people. And, and I think that's the, the, the thing to think about is, you know, when you narrow that focus, you can figure out exactly who you are reaching out to, as opposed to, as we said, the shotgun approach of trying to hit that one little fly that's out there. Right, exactly. And I think that's such a good point. And 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 I there's two things I think about there. And one is it helps you, like you said, it helps you narrow your focus. Otherwise, it's overwhelming. Right. Like back when we had our marketing agency in Miami and we just worked with anyone and everyone, it was overwhelming to decide who should we market to? Mm -hmm. What events should we attend? Mm -hmm. Right. And, but all of a sudden when we narrow that focus mm -hmm. and now we're just focused on small law firms, well, there are eight or 10 really big conferences that happen every year mm -hmm. nationally. We should probably go to those. Right. And all of a sudden it just becomes a lot easier. And then the second thing is once you narrow your focus, you can talk directly to those people in language specific to them. Right. And in your healthcare example is, is perfect mm -hmm. because you've got physicians and you've got chiropractors, mm -hmm. right? Who are both yeah, that in is, the healthcare yeah, umbrella. Different languages. Mm -hmm. So different. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, not all cases, in many cases don't even like each other, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, mm -hmm. if you're trying to create marketing that will appeal to both camps, you're actually not going to appeal mm -hmm. to either of them. Right. Um, and so that's just a great mm -hmm. example. Well, and then the other thing people are always concerned about, obviously, is price, because they think, oh, my gosh, if I've if I've gone from 100 to 10, say, I, I just limited my income. And it's actually the opposite of that, because when you are focused, then you can charge more. Yeah, exactly. And when and when you're focused in on the right people who can mm -hmm. afford it, you know, and in your example of physicians, you know, typically mm -hmm. medical practices do well financially. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for us choosing small law firms, that was certainly part of the equation, mm -hmm. right? Your average law mm -hmm. firm has pretty solid cash flow, And so that's, that's certainly part of it. And the other thing I tell people in this conversation, because I hear the exact same thing you just shared, which is people are so afraid to limit, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to, it feels scary to say, no, I'm narrowing my focus. I'm mm -hmm. not going to work with all those other people. What I say to people who are early on trying to make that decision is, listen, narrow your marketing. Mm -hmm. But if you have somebody who fit, who's outside your target right. market and you still want to work with them because they're a good That's fit, okay. cool, do it. Their and money the still short, is good. Yeah, exactly. And in the short term, you know, sometimes that can be helpful because it helps them tie to, but sooner or later they get to the point pretty quickly where like, they don't even want to work with those people anyways. Like mm -hmm. I just have never seen it fail. Actually, I'm thinking about it. Right. I cannot recall a situation mm -hmm. where a client or a friend narrowed in their market and then regretted it and zoomed back out. Right. Like it just, it just works. Yeah. I mean, a great example might be dentists. You know, and I went to the dentist this week, so they're on my mind, right? Um, and so maybe they're a pediatric dentist, but they've got some friends, some adults who say, hey, you know, I've got this toothache, whatever. And they think, okay, whatever. Well, aside from anything else, their equipment is going to be sized for kids, you know? And, and so when you start trying to, to make that transition, that's not going to work. Same thing with, say, an auto mechanic. If you work with high end luxury, vehicles, your equipment is very different than if you serve the, you know, the, the, the midsize type of, of things. 
So, you know, it's, and, and so that's helping you as you're buying, you're not buying things to try and fit yeah. every single thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and pricing is, is always an issue, a concern, again, whether you've been in business, you know, for, for a week or years, you know, and I remember I, many years ago when I started out, I worked for an agency in Colorado. It was a great place to learn, you know, things to do, things not to do. But right, we're going to learn that from every job. But I still remember, I mean, and this was over 20 years ago. You you probably, I don't know, you were probably in elementary school. Um, but the, uh, the owner of the firm told us, you charge what the market will bear. And even back then, he never told people his pricing. And, and his philosophy was exactly what you were saying. When you are working with someone, say, an attorney, a, a physician, someone who their time is very valuable. If you tell them I charge $10 an hour, they see no value in it. If you tell them I charge $100 an hour, they're like, ding, 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 ding. But if you're working with a nonprofit and you tell them $100 an hour, they don't even respond yeah. to your calls, right? So you charge what that market will bear. So if you are dealing with a market that is more upscale, you charge more. If you're dealing with a lower end market where they're used to paying, you know, more moderate prices, then you just have to realize your market needs to be bigger. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's very well said. And and this really leads to sort of the second variable, right? I, I said there's three variables. Right. And, mm-hmm. and the first is is market. And mm-hmm. then the second is message. And once you right. know your ideal clients, then what are the words? What is the mm-hmm. messaging yep. that you use to mm-hmm. drive them to take action? Mm-hmm. And this is where so many marketing agencies and small business owners really kind of fall short mm-hmm. because um, they don't put enough time into thinking about the language, right? right? They just think they just they skip. Well, this is a great stuff. Why wouldn't somebody want it? Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> and or they get excited about like the latest tactical channel, right? They get excited about, mm-hmm. oh, I've heard about TikTok or I've heard about Google ads or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they jump straight to like the media channel without spending enough time thinking about the message. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that's so important is, so I work with, I still work with a lot of lawyers and, okay. and other, other professionals. Mm-hmm. And when you are, take a lawyer, for example, mm-hmm. we'll just go with a, a divorce lawyer. Cause okay. that's something that everyone can really conceptualize mm-hmm. what divorce lawyers mm-hmm. do. Like a divorce lawyer has been to law school. They, many of them spent mm-hmm. years practicing law. They know a lot about the law, right? right? And it actually becomes difficult for them to step back from the legalese mm-hmm. and, and all of the legal terminology mm-hmm. and talk to their clients mm-hmm. in the type of language that resonates with their mm-hmm. clients. Right? right. And what I always, you know, I give the example of if somebody is, is thinking about getting divorced, they have all of these very real, very human, very emotional mm-hmm. concerns. They're worried about what's going to happen to their kids. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to their house. Mm-hmm. What are their friends and family going to think of them? How are they going to recover from this financially? They've got all these concerns and your average divorce lawyer who hasn't thought about this stuff, mm-hmm. doesn't address that. They just talk about, well, you need to file. We give you the best seven- service. Yeah. You know, you'll and be pleased. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, mm-hmm. Exactly. And they'll say things like, well, I went to this law school. Mm-hmm. I've won these. They'll talk about basically everything except what the clients mm-hmm. actually care about. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's why it's so important to go through this exercise of once you're clear on who your, mm-hmm. your target prospects are, mm-hmm. then you have to get clear what motivates them? What are their priorities? How do they 
feel mm-hmm. about the problems that are happening in their lives or the opportunities or whatever. Right. You know, it, it's, it, I, I, one of the things that I do is I always ask my guests for speaking points. And one of the ones that you provided is to create a message that is irresistibly attractive. And, and that's the thing I think that people need to remember is, you know, when you read something, you're like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. Um, you know, because it answered your specific, now as marketers, we're taught pain points, but I think there's also pleasure, you know, we're, we could be selling something that, yep. that, you know, and, and so what is that message that people stop and read? It catches their attention, you know, as opposed to, well, I went to Harvard. Yeah. Whoop diddly do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like somebody who is thinking about getting divorced. Mm-hmm. And has that set of concerns right. really doesn't care where you went to law school. Right. <laughs> they really, really don't. Yeah. You know, um, if, if you are an expert in child custody, that's, you know, that's, you know, then that's what you need to say. Or we work with financial planners. I mean, all of those things, you're right. Those, those, those questions that people have, that's what your message has to address. Yeah. And, and speaking to their real pain points, as you said, in right. their language, right? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't lecture them about the law. Mm-hmm. Tell them that, hey, I understand that you're stressed mm-hmm. out. I know you have questions mm-hmm. about what, what's going to happen with your kids. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help. Right. I'm going to guide you through this. And maybe, you know, I've got a, a free webinar you can attend, or I've got this free ebook, mm-hmm. or like, and what, and that's part of the messaging conversation too, is what, what's the right first step mm-hmm. to ask them to take? Right. Um, and in some cases, that first step is call me and set up a consultation. Mm-hmm. Like if you, again, sticking with the lawyer example, if you're a criminal defense lawyer and you work with people who have been arrested and charged mm-hmm. with a crime, if they're in a jail, 15 minute call is not probably what they want. <laughs> well, and if they're in jail, though, if they're literally sitting in jail, you can't offer them a webinar, right? right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you not can't offer work. them a white paper or an mm-hmm. ebook. Like they need help quickly. And so really you need to just directly get them in for mm-hmm. consultation or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But if, but con- contrast that with, you know, you mentioned financial planning mm-hmm. or I've been mentioning divorce mm-hmm. or, or something where it's not as urgent of a situation. Mm-hmm. Well, those people often aren't ready to mm-hmm. call for a consultation. Right. They're not ready for that. And they're, so that's they're in where, the fact gathering stage. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so most business owners don't really give them much to help them in that fact gathering stage. Um, and that's why there's such an opportunity to create, you know, what I refer to as a lead magnet. People call right. it different things, mm-hmm. but just a free piece of, of value that you give away to somebody in exchange for their contact mm-hmm. information. Right. So, right. you know, a 10 step guide. Mm-hmm. Here's what you need to think about regarding your kids. If you're getting divorced, mm-hmm. here's what you need to think about mm-hmm. regarding financial planning. Download it for free then you stay in touch with them, you follow up with them. And that's a much more attractive way to get them to take action, Mm -hmm. right? They're not ready Mm -hmm. for a phone call. It's like, that's like taking somebody out on a very first date and coming in too fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can we get married right now? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. Well, and one of the things that, and you know, I, I know this, but you talk about this a lot in your book is to have that call to action. You know, you should never give somebody something without a call to action, even if it's just, you know, say, download my next ebook or, you know, whatever it is, because you want to keep them remembering you. You know, the key is to stay top of mind. Yep. Yep. It's staying top of mind and also Mm -hmm. 
when you create a call to action, now you have mm-hmm. an objective way of measuring mm-hmm. the campaign's performance, right? Right. Like if all I do is put up a billboard on the highway, mm-hmm. um, I-85, right? Mm-hmm. That connects Atlanta. That connects Charlotte. us. Mm-hmm. We've both driven that a few times. If all I do is put a, a billboard, you know, with, with somebody's smiling mm-hmm. face, I don't really have a way of gauging the effectiveness of right. that, right? Mm-hmm. But if that billboard says, um, you know, call, call this now. number, mm-hmm. yeah, and it has a and it has a, mm-hmm. a tracking phone number so that you know, well, now all mm-hmm. of a sudden you can track results. And same mm-hmm. with any type of advertising. You know, there's there's it's just it's just not that hard to actually track results and right. and and the call to action isn't mm-hmm. always uh, schedule an appointment. Mm-hmm. It could just be download something. It could be join my group. It could be subscribe to my newsletter, listen mm-hmm. to my podcast, mm-hmm. but you've got to give them some sort of mm-hmm. next step. Um, not only because that's the right thing to do for them, because it's, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not a good thing. If you run advertising without a call to action, think about it. You are, you are identifying somebody that has a problem. You're teasing them with a the solution, mm-hmm. but you're not telling them what right. to do about mm-hmm. it. That's not nice. Mm-hmm. And as the, as the marketer, you don't have a way of tracking whether it's even working or not. So right. it's in everybody's best mm-hmm. interest to always include a call to action. Right. You know, and, and you talk in your book about AB testing, which is, you know, you, you have two different things that you're doing and you want to see which, which works best, which message, which visual, which medium. And we'll, we'll talk more about media in, in a moment. Um, but it is one of those things where it's, it's easy and it's always been easy. You know, many years ago, I worked for the American Cancer Society. Absolutely fabulous place to, to work for. And even back then, you know, we were able to do things where we would give different phone numbers. We would give different, you know, and, and typically it was a phone number. Um, but, you know, now you can do, you know, different landing pages, different email addresses, different phone numbers, all of these various things. And you can do that very inexpensively, if not free. Um, you know, and, and so you can, you know, then, okay, this message resonated. You know, I got the most calls. Got no calls here. And then you can look back and okay, well, why didn't I get calls on that one? Maybe it was the wrong place, you know, all sorts of things. But but that's how you get to know this worked, that didn't. Exactly. And that's just so, so important. Um, uh, a story I always reference when we're talking about that is back when I was still running my marketing agency, we created an ad campaign for ourselves, right? Promoting mm-hmm. ourselves. Um, and we were asking people to opt into our newsletter, mm-hmm. right? It was just a simple opt into our newsletter, right. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And we created a few different landing pages because I believe in, in AB testing or split mm-hmm. testing everything, right? So wanted to test a few different mm-hmm. landing pages. And one of the landing pages was just really ugly. Like objectively, it was just ugly. And mm-hmm. we had a few others that were nicer. Mm-hmm. Um, but lo and behold, the ugly one was performing the best. Hmm. We converted about 18 or 19% of our traffic okay. and versus the other ones was probably more like 12%. Mm-hmm. And so we're sitting here saying like, wow, this, do- this doesn't make sense. Like right. it's ugly. Why but did they like the ugly? Mm-hmm. So we spent, and I don't, I'm not even joking with you, probably almost two years trying to create a nicer looking landing page mm-hmm. that would outperform the ugly one. Because I want it to be nice looking, but guess what? For whatever reason, Mm -hmm. we were never able to improve upon that Mm -hmm. ugly one. And so we just kept using it. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we had not done the Mm A-B testing thing, 
we just we wouldn't have we wouldn't have known we would have gone with a prettier one and over the five or six years that that campaign ran mm-hmm. it was probably thousands of leads right. that we would have missed mm-hmm. out on um and it only happened because we a- did a b testing mm-hmm. and to your point it's really simple there's mm-hmm. there's a platform we were using called unbounce Mm-hmm. Um, which is landing page software that makes it easy to A-B test, mm-hmm. but there's plenty of other options too. But it's just like, you just have to develop that mm-hmm. discipline of test different messages right. because you never know what's actually mm-hmm. going to work best. And usually it's not the one you think it's going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the trick is we all think, ooh, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, right? And people are like, I've had sliced bread for years. I don't care. Um, you know, and, and, and it could be that the ugly page was actually the simplest page, you know, and, and because especially as marketing people, we, think, we have to put all the bells and whistles and all the graphics and, blah, 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 blah. and maybe they just wanted a fairly plain screen that said, sign up for our webinar and give us your email address. You know, yeah. that, that might've been it, um, yeah. you know, and, and so, yeah, so that's the thing. And, and it really is so simple to, to do AB testing. But the other thing that's important is of course, where you are doing this. So that's the third leg of, of your stool there, and which is the medium, you know, where the media, you know, whatever we want to call it. So talk to us about figuring out where the heck you're supposed to be doing this. Yeah. And, and, um, Yes, definitely. And I, I love to have this part of the conversation. And I always like to point out too, that the, it comes third for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Because it's until you really understand who the right prospects are, mm-hmm. and until you understand what is the right messaging for right. them, jumping to media is, is you're, you're just flipping mm-hmm. a coin, you're rolling a dice and you hope you get mm-hmm. lucky. But most business owners, as you probably know, Deb, most business owners, just that's what they do. They just say, Oh man, I need to be on TikTok. Oh man, I need to be right. on Facebook. Oh, this is the latest, greatest bit. All my friends are there. Exactly. And they never put in the time to do the strategic planning mm-hmm. and thinking about market and message. They just go straight to the media sources. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really the, in my opinion, and from my experience and observation, one of the root causes of why so many small business owners struggle with their marketing is because they just all they're thinking about is media sources. Right. So it's definitely an important part of the conversation, but I just always like to remind people it comes third. Like mm-hmm. first you got to be clear on mm-hmm. your market and your message. But you know, then as far as media sources, it it it's relatively simple, right? You you need to figure out and know where your ideal prospects spend mm-hmm. their time, right? Are the are the types of people you're targeting, do they spend time on LinkedIn? They spend time on Facebook. Maybe they're still listening to the radio. Right. Maybe they're still reading the newspaper. Maybe they're not. Maybe they listen mm-hmm. to podcasts, right? But you, 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 you figure out where they spend their time. And by the way, you can do that by just asking them. You right. know, reach mm-hmm. out to your your ten favorite customers mm-hmm. and say, "Are you on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Are you on LinkedIn?" You know, mm-hmm. you can actually just ask them, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and then and then you choose mm-hmm. your media source accordingly. And then what you have to do, as we've talked about, is you have to test results, right? Mm-hmm. So you may think that Facebook is going to work. Um, you may spend three months on it and find it's not mm-hmm. working. And that's okay. That right. just means Facebook's not the right channel. Mm-hmm. So try something different. And you're not spending thousands of dollars. You shouldn't be, you know, and, and you talk about in the book, you know, we're not competing with Coca-Cola's advertising budget. Exactly. You know, not unless you're Pepsi. <laughs> exactly. And, and the, exactly. And the beauty of the beauty of, um, you know, 
like paid Facebook and paid mm-hmm. LinkedIn, as I'm sure you know, Deb. And I, I know you're definitely a, an expert on on social media. I'm not sure if you delve into the paid realm or if you're more just a little bit. Um, yeah. but but yeah, it's and and but what we do is pretty limited. But we're very careful about who those ads are being shown to. Yeah, exactly. And um, that's the beauty of specifically paid advertising on channels like LinkedIn and Facebook mm-hmm. is you can just get unbelievably targeted, right. you know? Right. Um, and they want you to to do that. Um, they, right. as in the platforms, because if you're not happy, you're not going to do it again. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they work with you. And and so like, yeah, say you have a, a, a restaurant there yeah, while they might, you know, suggest, Ooh, go this far away. You know, no, they, they really know, uh, uh-uh. you know, let's, let's, let's run this ad within say 10 miles. Yeah. Um, because somebody 200 miles away is not, not going to click it. So then they don't make yeah. their money. But if exactly. you get a whole bunch of people that are 10 miles away clicking, they're like, Ooh, you know, they yeah. go ding, ding, ding. too. Yeah. And I, I, I share this example with people. I I have a client, uh, who a few years ago, we were planning out a, a Facebook ads campaign and we got you. And I share this just because people don't realize how targeted you can actually get. Mm-hmm. Not only did we say we want to go after people in this specific one specific mm-hmm. zip code, not only did we say, I believe we targeted this campaign for mm-hmm. women and it was like between mm-hmm. the ages of 30 and 45, mm-hmm. but we went way deeper than that. We o- we said, we only want to show the ad to people in the top 10% mm-hmm. of household income. Right. And we want to show it to people who have uh, an interest in yoga, mm-hmm. healthy eating, and I think Pilates, mm-hmm. right? right? And like, you can get that targeted mm-hmm. in Facebook and it's mm-hmm. crazy. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, so that's the beauty of channels like Facebook and LinkedIn is, is that you can just get so, so targeted. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can do that with other things too. You know, I'm, I'm back to thinking about our criminal attorney. You know, so maybe he's thinking, okay, most of the, the clients that he works with are younger, so they're on TikTok, yada, yada, yada. But the best place for him to advertise is the billboard that you that can be seen from the jail, right? Bingo. <laughs> you know? Bingo. Um, you know, and, and and it's always funny. You can always, especially like bail bondsmen, those are one of the other ones where you, you it's like, oh, there must be a jail nearby. There's a whole bunch of billboards for it. Yep, exactly. Um, but, but yeah, you know, because they know that at that point in time, they're not going, ooh, I'm going to go watch TikTok videos. They're like, exactly. I need to, I get my one phone call. Who am I going to call? Exactly. No, that's exactly right. And that's mm-hmm. that's such a great example. Um, you can even, you know, on to, to stick digitally, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's geofencing, right? Where you, you literally say, we want to show people literally in the jail building. We want to show right. them our ads. And mm-hmm. so it's just, it is, it's a, it's a really... It's a really smart, sophisticated way to make sure that you're putting your advertising in front of the right people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the big thing is you don't want to be wasting your money. Um, You know, I I always get a kick when I'm watching TV and I'm thinking, I don't think that was the right demographic. You know, I was watching and it was it was a pretty hardcore uh, show. A lot of violence, a lot of, you know, and and I don't normally watch those things, but it was new and I'm thinking, you know, but it was clearly not a, a program for kids. The ads that ran were for kids. Mm. And, and I thought somebody has screwed up here, um, mm. you know, because it, it, it was it was like, really? You know, we're going from crash bang, shoot them up to. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo, 
you know, and, and it was just, it, it, it got you mixed up for the programming, you know, because I'm thinking I must have changed channels, um, okay. you know, and, and, but yeah, you don't want to waste your money on, on connecting with people that aren't there. And, and exactly. Even, yeah. Even if it's free posts, you know, and, I, and, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, exactly. And that's one of the things we talk about in the book. And I think mm-hmm. you referenced it already, which is, you know, there are, I'll call them big, dumb companies, right? That have a lot of money. Right. That they they're going to spend it. Right. Right. And so they, they'll, they're not going to be nearly as meticulous mm-hmm. as what we've just described. Um, and so that's when you get advertisements being run on channels that don't make sense right. and, and all of these things. And the problem is, and what, why it causes a problem for small business owners is because small business owners see that mm-hmm. and then think that's what they should right. be doing too. Mm-hmm. The average small business owner does not, to your point, Deb, does not have the budget mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to try to compete in that in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very important to, to take a very focused approach right. to make sure you're getting mm-hmm. the biggest bang for your buck you possibly can. Yeah, yeah it, it's funny. One of the things that I always get a kick out of every year are the Super Bowl ads. You know, and, and you know, for one, th- you know, obviously it's very limited time period. You've got about four-ish hours um, you know, and, and I mean, companies are spending millions, you know, not only is it millions to run the ad, it's sometimes, you know, a, a huge amount just to produce them, you oh, know, yeah. especially if they've got some celebrity who's, you know, who's in it, things like that. And, you know, I wonder so many times was, was that 30 second spot their ad budget for the year? Right. And I think sometimes it is, you know, and, and. Yeah. You know, now, granted, anymore, you know, especially with things like Super Bowl ads, we continue to see and we talk about them, all of those various things. But really, was that the the best place for them to be advertising? Right. And and again, you know, if you're Pepsi or Coke and you have, you know, the billions of dollars you can mm-hmm. spend every year on advertising, sure, right? You know, you can afford that, mm-hmm. but your average small business can't. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, speaking of the Super Bowl ads. Uh, one thing that did I did find interesting, mm-hmm. um, just kind of in the call, you know, in the realm of of our conversation about calls to action and tracking results. You know, mm-hmm. most, you know, you run a Super Bowl ad, you maybe know how many people saw it. You know, mm-hmm. seventy million people watched right. the game, but it's hard to directly tie results to it. Right. But I don't know if you remember, I think it was Coinbase. Mm-hmm. It was one of those. Right. Oh, they companies. screwed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't think their ad was very good, certainly. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the Super Bowl was the right place to do it. Mm-hmm. But what I did think was smart was it's they they had a QR code mm-hmm. and they right. and it was bopping around on the screen. So it got your attention. And and they know how many people responded to it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So they can literally say mm-hmm. we had eight, th- eight million people download our app mm-hmm. as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And of those 8 million people, 800,000 became paying customers. Like right. whatever mm-hmm. the numbers are, mm-hmm. they know, at least they mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just a contrast to the, the more brand style ads mm-hmm. where it's just really hard to even know if it worked mm-hmm. or not. And so I'm certainly not holding that commercial up as something that, you know, I don't, I think they did a lot of things that were not smart, Mm -hmm. but I did appreciate that they threw a call to action Mm -hmm. in there because at least they can sit back Mm -hmm. and they can decide based on numbers Mm -hmm. and facts, if they should do an advertisement like that again next year. You know, and, and the big names don't do a call to action quite often. Um, You know, and, and of course the, the one that I always think about is Budweiser. 
you know, it's not a Super Bowl if we don't have a, a Budweiser ad, right? You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's what we wait for, you know, to, to tug the heartstrings. You know, you show me those horses, you show me the dog that gets lost. And I'm like, oh, does it mean I'm going to buy Budweiser? No, I don't right. drink beer. But I love those ads. And so yeah. they're kind of that staple. But they're an example of they, they're so big that they don't do a call to action. Yep. And they can um, afford it. Yeah. They yeah. can afford that type of mm-hmm. advertising. They can afford brand based advertising, Mm -hmm. knowing that, you know, they might not get a return Mm -hmm. on that ad tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but you know, there's a whole science of, Mm -hmm. of brand building and and all of that. And a big company can afford to play that game, Mm -hmm. Uh, but a small business is going to go broke trying to play Mm -hmm. that game. And so that's kind of one of the central messages in, in our book Mm -hmm. is you can't play that game as a small business owner. You need to know, Mm -hmm. you need to set a defined mm-hmm. objective for every marketing campaign mm-hmm. that you run and then you need to track it mm-hmm. and and you need to be able to answer is it working yes mm-hmm. or no and not every campaign works mm-hmm. you know i've planned out and executed plenty of marketing campaigns that didn't work that's just natural that's just mm-hmm. what happens oh yeah the, and and you sometimes you you don't know why i mean it's like exactly. we thought this was great it tested well and it thud yep. <laughs> and 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 what's important is that you know whether it's working or not. Mm-hmm. And so that when there's a failure, you can identify it and not just keep pouring money right. into a campaign that's yeah. not working. I like this it's, Facebook ad and I'm going to run it no matter exactly. what. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I always tell people is, listen, you're going to have marketing campaigns that don't work. That's okay. That's just the nature of dealing with the world. Like that's right. how Mark, it's just an inexact science. Mm-hmm. What's important is that you're able to identify whether it's working mm-hmm. or not so that you can cut your losses mm-hmm. and then double down on the campaigns that mm-hmm. are working. Right. You know, and one of the things that that I like in your book that you talk about is, you know, not doing the latest and greatest, you know, because you do have to find what what works best. You know, sometimes it is still that direct mail piece. Um, You know, I have I actually have two laying here on the floor because I need to remember to call them. Um, you know, and and so, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, this 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 is something I care about. And so I'm going to keep it. And sometimes it's something you're not even thinking about. Like you mentioned, you know, that that when you narrowed your focus to attorneys, that was, say, 10 conferences that they go to. And you're thinking, okay, I should go to those 10 conferences. Well, maybe out of two of those, you sponsor them. You sponsor the keynote. Some way that you can get your Mm -hmm. message out there to that exact market. You know, and people don't stop and think about those things. You know, maybe it's a nonprofit run. You know, whatever it is, think about how you can reach those people. Yeah. And and I love that you mentioned direct mail because direct mail still works. And and honestly, mm-hmm. it 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 seems to be working better in recent right. years mm-hmm. because uh there's less people doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's less competition in your mailbox. Mm-hmm. Um I, I'm specifically thinking of a business owner that I worked with a couple of years back that uh, ran, started with a, a Facebook ads campaign mm-hmm. and had moderate results. Mm-hmm. And we also decided we should try a targeted direct mail campaign. And mm-hmm. we did the oversized postcards mm-hmm. and um, the direct mail campaign performed way, way better. And they got a much stronger mm-hmm. ROI out of direct mail. Mm-hmm. And, and you just, you never know. And um, what, what's really cool. I think one of the things that holds a lot of small businesses back from direct mail mm-hmm. is it's kind of intimidating. It's like, well, mm-hmm. where do I find the customer list? And right. there's like, mm-hmm. it seems complicated. Well, there's a post office program now, maybe mm-hmm. you're familiar with that, mm-hmm. with that called the every door direct mail program. Right. Mm-hmm. And what that literally means is you choose, you're just, you're handing, you're giving your 
your marketing pieces mm-hmm. to the, the post office, right. the, the driver, mm-hmm. and they're just going to stick it in every mm-hmm. mailbox on your route. Mm-hmm. And so you can go on the post office website mm-hmm. and you look at the different routes and you say, these are the people I want to target. And now this works really well for like home services, right? right. So like I was just thinking travel. of roofers. Yeah, you know, roofers, you, you want travel. your flyer for a new roof to go to homeowners, not the big apartment complex across the street. Exactly. And what this, in this specific campaign, this, this business really was best for older homes, right? Mm-hmm. That had, that right. needed maintenance and needed things. And so we found uh, f- just five or six large neighborhoods, mm-hmm. all with homes that were mostly 20 to 30 mm-hmm. years old and just selected those six mm-hmm. neighborhoods and delivered a postcard. Mm-hmm. And it worked so right. much better mm-hmm. than anything we did digitally. Mm-hmm. So you're right. It, 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 sometimes it's digital. Sometimes it's direct mail. Sometimes it's conferences. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just how can you mm-hmm. reach your ideal clients? Right. You know, and, and again, tweak it where it needs tweaked. You know, there is no point in throwing bad money after good. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yep. So, you know, the other thing that you talk about a lot in your book is working with vendors, you know, and, and you mentioned it at the very start. You know, small business owners know how to do X. They don't want to worry about Y, Z, and L. (laughs) That's not their thing. And they really, you know, in many cases, do not know or understand marketing. Now, I'm a marketing firm. You're a marketing firm. Um, You know, and, and, but the, you know, it's, it's, uh, it was funny. I was talking to somebody the other day who was telling me, yeah, we've been working with, you know, he didn't tell me the name. He said, big marketing firm. They just didn't give us the results that we wanted. He said, good people, but we threw a lot of good money at them to get no results. So talk to us about why it's so important to find and then how we find those great vendors to be working with. Yeah, um, great question. And and honestly, that is a big part of why we wrote the automatic Mm -hmm. marketing machine. And so the main not to go off on a tangent here, but kind of our main focus at the automatic marketing machine mm-hmm. is we're, we're not a marketing agency anymore. Right. So we're not running ads for people. What right. we do is, is workshops and education. Okay. Um, and so I would strongly encourage somebody before they, before they engage a marketing agency, mm-hmm. take the time to educate yourselves. And that's what, mm-hmm. you know, read the automatic market machine, right. come to one of our workshops mm-hmm. Um, and then what we're going to help you do is think through these questions that mm-hmm. we've been talking about, Deb, like, who is your, Where market? Should, what is, what is our message? Who is yeah. our market? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you then approach your marketing vendor, or your marketing agency, but, and you've already figured this stuff out, mm-hmm. um, you're giving the, the, the agency a much better chance of succeeding for you. Right. Right. Because mm-hmm. you, because listen, they want that too. Let's be yeah, honest. They don't, exactly. you know, they, they don't want to, they certainly don't want you to bad mouth them and go. Ew, ah, oh. Exactly. Everybody, everybody wants, you know, mm-hmm. everybody is best off when you succeed. Mm-hmm. And um, so coming to an agency, having already done some of that strategic mm-hmm. planning is super important. And then the other part of it is like we touched on is deciding what, success even looks like like how are you measuring success right Mm -hmm. and maybe it's maybe it's new clients maybe Mm -hmm. it's people attending your webinar maybe it's referrals but the point is you have to define that ahead of time and you have a conversation with your vendor about that ahead of time and say hey this is how i'm going to measure Mm -hmm. success are you comfortable that you can deliver that 
Right. And then you have an honest conversation. Mm-hmm. Maybe the vendor says yes. Maybe the vendor mm-hmm. says no. If they say no, you say, thank you so much for your mm-hmm. time. I'll come back to you when I do have something you can help mm-hmm. me with. Um, but then if they say yes and you engage them, then you just have to develop the discipline of mm-hmm. once a month, once a quarter, really reviewing those right. results and saying, mm-hmm. is this working or not? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, you pivot. Mm-hmm. And if you can't make it work, then you have to find a different mm-hmm. a different partner. Right. You know, and, and it really is a partnership. You know, that that is the key word there. They should be part of your team. Um, you know, think of them and, and they should be thinking of themselves also as, you know, how, you know, we're attending your staff meetings. We're, we're going to be part of that team to really know what's going on with you. Um, you know, I remember I was talking to somebody one time and they were unhappy with the company that was doing their Facebook posts for them. Mm. They were in Denver. The firm was in New York. And they, it was a bakery, you know, and, and this was great. And, and I said, okay, so tell me why you're unhappy with them. And this was a friend. I wasn't pitching the business. I certainly wasn't wanting to take the business away. I was just like, well, what's going on? And she said, well, they ran a post about our wedding cakes. We don't do wedding cakes. Okay. And then they ran a big post about how it was snowing and, you know, and, and, you know, all of these various things. Well, Denver frequently did not get snow when the rest of Colorado did. And, and you know, the national news had said, ooh, Colorado getting swamped by snow. And so, you know, that firm. And, and so my, my question to them was, what parameters had you given them? You know, and, and granted, you don't want to write the messages because then you should just be doing the posting yourself. You know, that's the, you know, but they had never told them, we don't do wedding cakes. You know, don't post about the weather, any of those things. And and the bad part was they signed a long term contract with yeah them. um you know and and that's the other thing I tell people is you know look at your contracts sometimes they're very short term sometimes they might be a longer term depending on what's going on sure. but really make sure that you know especially that there's an out I mean if you are very unhappy with those results you should be able to say I ain't paying you anymore sorry yeah no that's 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 very very well said and. You know, in that situation, you know, it's easy to see why that company is was frustrated Mm -hmm. with their Mm -hmm. their their vendor. Right. Because they Mm -hmm. were making these posts. But to your point, really, there you as a business owner do need to take responsibility. for. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, no, no, you screwed up here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's really important to realize, too. So I'm really glad you made that point. Right. Well, oh, my gosh. We are almost at the top of the hour. We've got just about five minutes left. And so I want you to tell folks, first of all, we're going to have to have you on again because we just scratched the surface with this, you know, and, and there's so much more that, that we can and, and do need to talk about. So, you know, we'll, we'll get you back on. But, you know, you've written this great book, we, you know, so, you know, it's, it's perfect for people to buy that. But tell us about the specific services that you provide. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, and I would love to come back. This has been a blast. It's crazy how fast time goes. I know. Every time I look at the clock, it go, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So we, so the book just launched uh, about a month ago. And okay. it's the automatic marketing machine. And it's available on Amazon and Target and Barnes and & Noble and all of that. Um, the website is automaticmarketingmachine.com. Okay. And really, that's where I want people to start. I want people to read the book. Um, we offer you have so many resources there. Oh my gosh. I was amazed. Yeah. We went all out to mm-hmm. really, really 
I want this book to be a handbook and a mm-hmm. tool that small business owners can really use. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, there's literally like 20 some free bonus resources mm-hmm. um, that are available to readers. And they're book. good resources, folks. It's not, you know, a one page thing that you fill out and go, well, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thank you for, for saying that. We really spend a lot of time on it. We do offer uh, workshops and, and okay. consulting and, mm-hmm. and, and sort of other other things. But where I want people to start is read the book. If you are a small business owner and you need a more steady supply Mm -hmm. of clients, Mm -hmm. you need a supply of better qualified Mm -hmm. prospects, right? The types of If you're working at midnight. Yeah, exactly. Read the book or just go to the website, automaticmarketingmachine.com. Get one of the free resources. Even if you don't want to buy the book, there's a ton of free resources available. Mm -hmm. um, And that's where I encourage people to start. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I'm, I'm looking at one right now, messaging worksheet. We talked about how important that is. Um, you know, call scripts, newsletter templates, all of these things that people, as, as we said at the very start, they get so frustrated with either, you know, do, you know someone else doing it or them doing it themselves that then they say, I'm just not going to do this. Um, and clearly that's not going to work. I mean, if we're not doing marketing and <clears throat> that other word sales, um, you know, then it's your business is certainly not going to be successful. Well said. Well, you know, this this really has been great. And I've been having so much fun having this discussion. I just want to look, make sure I covered all of the important parts here. And one of the things you do talk about is how, and you've got listings of vendors that you have vetted, you know, all of these various things. So like I said, you know, your website is an absolute fabulous resource in addition to the book. And and I love, you know, the book had all these QR codes and, and all sorts of things. So, you know, you're tracking those. I know, I know, you know, you're following your own advice. Practicing what we preach, right? Right, right. You know, and, and it's so much fun. It's, you know, to, to, to be able to see this in action. Um, because let's let's face it, sometimes marketers, we get our own stuff wrong. Exactly. Yeah. We're trying to practice what we preach. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. I love it. I love it. Well, do you have any final thoughts for everyone? You know, I'll just leave, leave it with this. And we've kind of made this point throughout, but if you are a small business owner and you're frustrated with your marketing, it starts with, you've got to take ownership for understanding the strategy. You've got to, you've got to get really clear on who are the right clients and prospects for your business and what is the messaging that's going to attract them. And until you've done that work, um, it's just going to be very hard for you to be successful. So stop chasing the bright, shiny objects, right? Stop getting excited about the latest and greatest marketing tool and spend some time on the fundamentals of marketing and your marketing strategy. And our book is a great resource for that. Uh, but whether you use our book or, or something else, take the time to really think through your strategy before you just jump to the next bright, shiny object um, and throw more good money down the drain. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Well, I have been having so much fun talking with Danny Decker. He is the co-founder of Automatic Marketing Machine and one of the co-authors with his business partner of the Automatic Marketing Machine. Um, And so folks, I I recommend it. I think it's a, a great book, great resource. I am Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.